0: You are listening to a podcast from Vineyard Church of Augusta. For more information, visit vineyardaugusta.org. February is here, and let's talk about love, all right? Let's talk about love as the backup singer in Foreigners, I Want to Know What Love Is, does in the Descant, right? And let me just tell you, I am so tempted to make this entire series nothing but pop songs, but God's not going to let me do that, nor Mary Margaret. Not necessarily in that order, uh, actually. So I want to just let you know that's not going to happen, but we are going to talk about love. Uh, Valentine's Day, guys, is not tomorrow, but it is a week from tomorrow, and that's good pastoral care right there, letting you know when Valentine's Day is. So uh, we're going to talk about love. And I, we're going to talk about this word that is so incredibly overused in our world and at the same time undervalued. Uh, we want to take a look at it. I, I think it's really interesting that I can stand here today and let you know that I love feta fries from Laziza. I love to listen to Beyonce when I work out. I love fair isle sweaters. I love ginkgo trees. I love my wife and my three daughters, and I love God. Now, I use the same word to express uh, a tremendous range of sentiment and expression and and affection Uh, And and it's sort of confusing, is it, that I would use the same word to describe a a wide range of emotion and affection and intensity of love. The Greeks recognized that a single word for love was just not adequate. So they gave us a lot of different words to express love in all its varieties of of forms and intensities. And that's what we're going to focus on, on this series, Authentic Love. Scripture tells us that God is the Creator and the source of love, and He wants us to experience His incredible love in all of its shapes and all of its forms and all of its wonderful expressions. there's There's currently a, a popular sentiment that is uh, widely used on social media that that love is love, saying that all love is 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 the same, but we should all know that it's not the same. Hopefully, our love for for people, is greater than our love for things, right? Hopefully that's the case. And, and hopefully, um, you know, our love for our family members is greater than the love for stranger. Yeah, we're to love strangers, but the, the intensity of the love and the expression of the love will be very, very different. You know, even Jesus, he doesn't suggest that when it comes to love, one size fits all. Uh, even in his group of 12 disciples, there were those three that, that he had a closer, more intimate relationship with. Clearly, there are different kinds of love, and we're going to be exploring those uh, over the course of today and the next three weeks throughout the month of February. Uh, Today, we're going to talk and begin with the highest form of love, agape, agape love. It's the highest love. And outside of the New Testament, the word agape really uh, rarely occurred in Greek writings of this particular period. Uh, first, Christ, uh, first century Christians really made it their own. They really uh, brought a new meaning to this word and gave it a definition all of their own. Uh, and we see that in the manuscripts from this period that you don't see the word agape that much outside of the uh, the Greek New Testament. Uh, they really made it their own. and, and, and Greek in, in, uh, in Greek, agape means that love, a kind of love that is unconditional. A kind of love that is benevolent, it's always for the good of the other, it is self-giving, it doesn't ask for anything in return, and it doesn't consider the worth of the object that or the person that it's being extended to. This is agape love. Agape seeks the highest good of the other person no matter how he or she responds to this expression, this gift of love. And, and it's important for us to realize that agape really is more of a, a choice than a, a chance kind of thing. So often we think, well, well I, we met him, we just fell in love by chance. But uh, this kind of agape love is, is more about a specific choice to love. It's more about our wills than our emotions. It's it's a choice. It is a decision. Agape is the highest love because it describes The unconditional love that God has for humanity, for me, for you, for all of us, for every person you're going to come in contact with today and all this week, uh, or in any time in our lives, this is the kind of love uh, that, that God has for us. It's the kind of love that he also wants to impact All the rest of the kind of loves that we'll be talking about over the course of this month. We're going to be talking about the the phileo, the friendship kind of love, the storge, the familial, family kind of love. And also eros, the sexual love that God uh, has entrusted to us, the gift that he's given. The Apostle John had love on his mind a lot, and you see it both in his gospel... You also see it in his letters that he wrote to the early church, and we're going to look at one of those letters today, 1 John, uh, his first letter to the church. We're going to look at what John has to say about agape love. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn to 1 John chapter 4. Uh, We're also going to have the passage on the screen as well. It's sort of a long passage, but I think it gives us a really good framework and a good foundation for what this agape love is that God is calling us uh, to receive and then to extend to others. John writes, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. And this is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us, uh, he has given us of his spirit. And, he, and we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you uh, for your presence And we invite you to come and to just focus our hearts and our minds on your voice. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and and speak through your your word and and your spirit-breathed word. We thank you, and we just ask that you would come and show us and empower us, lead us and guide us on how to love like Jesus loved. Lord, let let our hearts and our lives and our actions and our words and our thoughts be filled with your agape love, this higher love, your unconditional love that prefers others, that is not self-seeking. Come, Holy Spirit, I pray this morning that you would just set our minds and our hearts on you and what you have to say to each one of us and about the, the relationships in our lives, the affections in our lives. Uh, Lord, let them all be everything you want them to be, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to just hit some high points. There's a lot. In this passage, there's a, a lot of wonderful nuggets in this passage, but I want to hit some high points to give us just sort of a foundation for this uh, this agape, this uh, this love uh, series that we're going to be looking at. Again, the whole idea is that this this higher love, this agape love, is one that is to really inform all the other kinds of love and affection in our lives, and so it's important that we have this as a foundation. Um, In verse 7 and 8, John tells us that love comes from God and that God is love. And it's important for us to know that God is the creator and the source of of love. Agape love, it's perfect love. And it is the love that God himself embodies. It's everlasting. It's sacrificial. Uh, Whether or not the recipient of that love or the object of that love ever acknowledges that love, ever responds in any kind of way. And see, that's one of just the, the, the beginning places of where agape love is so different than so much of what we call love in our world. Because let's face it, so much love, what we call love in our world, is so transactional, isn't it? It's like, Okay, if you do this for me, then I will do this for you. If you show me affection and love in this way, then I will correspond and respond in this way. And it's completely transactional. It's not selfless. It's It seeks our own good. It's very selfish. And, and it's important that we recognize this difference. It is from God. God gave this love unconditionally, Regardless of how we would respond to this love. And uh, it's, it is, um, it, it's important that we recognize this agape love as we, we use this word. This is the word that the Apostle Paul uses in the very well known, uh, if you will, definition or description of love that we find in 1 Corinthians 13. He says, Love, this agape, is patient, love, agape, is kind. Fails, And this is the love that our God, the source creator of love, uh, embodies in this perfect love that he wants us to experience. Agape love, it's perfect love, ultimately displayed for us. If we ever need a picture, uh, an image, a definition of what love is, agape love is, uh, we see that in God. God the Father giving his son Jesus for us. Jesus coming to earth, taking on flesh, showing us how to live, laying aside his deity, putting on humanity, but living sinlessly, yet he becomes sin for us so that he can pay our sin debt, my sin debt, your sin debt on the cross and we see that the the holy spirit is with us to help us experience that love and actually receive that love and to grow and become more Christ like more uh, agape in the way that we love it's what it's it's what god is purpose for us. He wants us to receive this. John writes about this kind of love in his gospel. And he also writes about this here of of how God displayed this love. He says this in verse 10, that God loved us and he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And this is so indicative of what agape love is because agape love is love because of what it does, not just how it feels or what it says. It's, it's what it does. God so loved the world that he did what? He gave. He gave his only son. And so it, it requires an action. It prompts an action. So often it's better known by the action it prompts than the, maybe the sentiment that, that it expresses in words. The first century Christians, as I mentioned earlier, they really brought the word agape to life. Why? Because they told people they loved them? No, because they demonstrated it. They showed it. They showed it in how they cared for one another. They showed it for how they cared for people that were outside of uh, their Christian circles, people that could not repay them, could not do anything kind or good or benevolent for them. And it's that distinctive difference uh, between seeing love as some sort of fleeting, warm, fuzzy emotion, and love is a choice as a decision of our will that, that takes action. It's so much more than love as a feeling. Our world today sees love as that, that feeling, as just, oh, I, f- I love you today, but tomorrow I might not because I may not feel the same way about you tomorrow that I do today today because of what you've given me or what I've extracted from you or what I've taken from you or whatever. But this, we're talking about perfect love, agape love. It's love because of what it does, not because of how it feels. And so God so loved, he agaped, that he gave his son. Don't ever think for one moment that our perfect, loving, just God was thrilled with the idea of giving away his son to come to earth, to take on flesh, to suffer all kinds of, of abuse and, and hatred. You know, one of, the, one of the ways that I think we can identify with the love of God, I mean, the, the, you know, we in our love, we're so imperfect. As, as a father, I'm imperfect in my love for my children. But, you know, you want to make me mad? You want to get on my bad side? You'd be mean to my kids. And I, I think about the fact that God the Father, that, that sentiment, anything that's holy in that sentiment comes from God himself. And can you imagine what he felt, what he endured, how he suffered when he saw his son taking on the punishment that was meant for you And for me. But yet, he did it. He gave his son so that we could know his love. So that we could be restored to right relationship with holy God. And just like the first century Christians did, God wants his agape love not just to be something that we experience from God the Father, but it's something that we also share with the world around us. John puts it in this this way in, in verse 12 of, of 1 John 4. He says, if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. We make the invisible God visible to the world around us through our actions and our attitudes that reflect His agape love. That's what well, we talked about that last week, and all the kinds of of, of missions and outreach that we do. Whether it's kissing with kindness, whether it's serving in the food pantry, whether it's seeing someone that in our workplace that just looks like. A truck has just hit them emotionally and spiritually and we go over it and we offer prayer and we ask, is there something I can do for you? Whatever it is, it is about making the invisible God and the, the agape love of the invisible God visible through words and deeds. The world, the world around us really is, and they've got every right to be screaming out to us, don't tell me you love me, show me you love me. Because that's what Jesus did when he was here on earth. He came proclaiming the kingdom of God, and he came also demonstrating the kingdom. At times, he would demonstrate the kingdom, and then he would proclaim the kingdom, but it was always a combination. Jesus was the word worker. The word worker, he came and he expressed the kingdom of God. He preached it, he taught it, but he also demonstrated it in the way he healed people, the miracles that he performed, the way he reached out and touched those who were unclean, those who were ostracized. And that is what God is calling us to do today as as his body, to make the invisible God, visible to the world, uh, he's calling, uh, he wants to, his love to be made complete in us, and that's the way that he does it. That's the way that he does it, making his love complete in us. It's about selfless love, selfless uh, love that is not self-serving, that is not transactional, that is not conditional. We are a people of the kingdom of God, as we shared uh, last week, that, that pursue culturally relevant mission by daily demonstrating the unconditional love of God to the world around us, the very same agape love that Jesus shared when he was here on earth. He proclaimed the kingdom, he demonstrated the kingdom, he did all of this. And the same Holy Spirit who empowered Jesus to love the way he loved, to proclaim the kingdom, to demonstrate the kingdom the same Holy Spirit is available to you and to me. And there is no way that I can love in this agape love that like Jesus loved, or you can, without the Holy Spirit empowering us. Uh, John says it this way in verse 13. This is how we know that we live in him, in God, the source of love, uh, the creator of love, and he in us. He has given us his spirit. He has given us his spirit As Jesus said, uh, the Spirit will come and make you a witness. He has given us His Spirit to be a witness of the love of God, the kindness of God, the goodness of God. The Holy Spirit empowers you and empowers me to love just like Jesus did. That's His job. He does that. The Holy Spirit empowers us to do, but He also empowers us to be. Remember that the very first fruit of the Spirit in our lives is love. That is the foundation. The the, the fruit of the Spirit is love, and it's peace, and it's joy, and it's all the others. But the foundation of the fruit of the Spirit in our life is, is love, agape love. It's foundational to all the other fruit of the Spirit. This highest love, this perfect love. It is a tall order, folks, okay? It's a tall order, and it's one that I can't fill. It's one that you can't fill apart from The Holy Spirit working in my life and working in your life. And thankfully, we don't have to conjure it up on our really good days. We don't have to uh, somehow produce it in our own lives by our good works uh, that that we do in our own strength. No, in fact, when we try to love this way apart from the Spirit of God, it fails miserably. And we know that, we have the frustration uh, of, of dealing with that, but that is not what God has called us to. He has called us to be filled with his spirit and to know that everything that God requires of us in every arena of life, including the way we love, that God also provides for us. And he does that through the Holy Spirit. The very first value that we talked about last month as we were looking at, our, at the values that we seek to live as people of the kingdom of God was that we partner with the Holy Spirit. And this is not a once a quarter thing. This is not a, a once every few months thing. This is a daily ongoing reality that we need for us to be able to live As Jesus has called us to live, as we endeavor to love, just like Jesus called us to love. John says this in verse 16, we know and we rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. God invites us to find our home, our dwelling place in his perfect love. He wants us to not just visit there every blue moon. He wants us to, to take up residency, to have a, our own place there. He wants us to, to do that. And we can do that in our prayer, and our talking to God. We do that uh, in worship, uh, just, just singing to God, meditating on the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, meditating on God's word and what God says about his love for us. If, if you read all of, of John's writing um, in the New Testament, I think you can safely say that John lived in and and therefore uh, lived in love and lived in God. He knew what he was writing about. He knew what he was talking about. He had experienced that personally. He knew what it meant for God to invite him to find his home in in God's perfect love. And he was living that out. He was writing about that both in his gospel and also in in his letters. But I got to be honest with you. John, there have been seasons in my life where I would read some of John's writing, particularly when he talks about John, the disciple Jesus loved. It's like, who in the heck do you think you are? I mean, it's like, come on, John, really? I mean, it's like, seriously? Yeah, He's writing that, you know, more than like six or seven times in the gospel. He's like the 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 the, the disciple that that Jesus loved, referring to himself. It's like, what do you think he thought of all the rest of them? I mean, I I have some 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 empathy for all the rest of the disciples. Like, why would you want to hang around with a guy like this? And you know, I I, I, I John, if you feel that way, I mean, that's fine, but keep it to yourself. Don't write it down for for everybody to to read and, you know, the church to think, you know, that somehow Jesus loved you more than everybody else. But I don't think that's what John was doing at all. Because we've got to understand that God's Word is Spirit-inspired. It's like, God, why would you tell John to write this and make me mad, you know? Why would you do that? Well, God wouldn't do that. I think what John was doing um, is that John really had found his home in God's love. He had personally experienced the life-changing love of God. Through the ministry and the, the relationship with Jesus Christ, he knew what he was talking about. He knew what he was writing about. He had found his home. He had found his identity as a son of God in the love of his father. And and, and, and he knew this. Uh, He he knew this. He had found it expressed in the relationship that he had with his friend and his Savior, Jesus Christ. His life had been radically turned upside down by the love, the agape love that Jesus talked about and demonstrated through his ministry uh, that that John was a part of. And he had seen others experience it as well. And And I think it's important for us to recognize that John was writing this because he wants every single one of us to write this in our own God story. You know, Sabrina, the disciple Jesus loved. That's true. You know, uh, Mark, the disciple Jesus loved. Oleg, the disciple Jesus loved. Janet, the disciple Jesus loved. That every one of us would feel that way and know that, not just feel it, know it. Because there are those days that we don't feel it, right? But on those days, we know that and we trust and we live in that reality. And that is what God is calling us, that we would, that we would recognize that the creator and the source of love is unlimited in his capacity to love. So much in our world, we... we it is, a, it is a poverty-based mentality regarding love, regarding resources. And so so often we think that, well, you know, if God loves that person, then he can't love me because God is, you know, he's got capacity. And it's like, no, God has no capacity. His love is unlimited. His resources are unlimited. His kindness is unlimited. His mercy is unlimited. And we, in our carnal, broken thinking, like to slap limitations on our God, and he's like, don't limit me. Don't limit me. I want you to know the abundance of my love, the the unlimited nature of my love. I want you to know that. And, And God, he doesn't have capacity, so we don't have to be jealous when we see Someone experiencing the amazing love of God and think, well, if they're experiencing God's love, it's going to be less for me. No, that's not the way this works. That's not the way this works at all. That's why we can celebrate when God blesses our brother or sister with with a new job or uh, just an increase in income or a tremendous praise report uh, regarding their health and uh, an answer to prayer. Maybe when we're simultaneously going through our own struggle. That we don't have to worry, well, God, you answered their prayer and you only have five prayers you can answer a day. That is not our God. It's not our God. He is not in any way, shape, form, or fashion limited. He does not have capacity. He is unlimited in His love and His goodness and His kindness, and He wants us to personally know that and experience that. And we make our home in God's unconditional love like John did, and we can be people who Live in the reality that Reese, the disciple Jesus loves. And see, each each of us see ourselves in that role. He goes on in, in verse 19, we love because he first loved us. Agape love is, is, is the family business. We are made in the image of God, so it is our responsibility to reflect our father's agape love in all of our interactions. And we're going to be talking about, through this series, whether it is our, our, our phileo, our, our uh, love, the friendship love. Patrick Campbell, our former youth pastor, is going to be with us next week to talk about that. I hope you'll be here for that. Uh, Angela is going to talk to us about the, the storge love, the family love. Uh, Mary Margaret and I are going to talk about Eros love, that wonderful gift of sexual love that God has created and and given to us to enjoy and the, the parameters that he also gives to us. We're going to be talking about that as well. And as recipients of agape love, we are called to celebrate this love. We do that in our worship. We do that as we sang this morning. We we thank God for his goodness, for his faithfulness, for his incredible love for us. We receive his love. We express it back to him in our worship. We do that. We're going to do it in just a moment through a thing we call communion. It's a a celebration of God's incredible love. When we come to the, the table, the Lord's table, and when we partake of the cup representing Jesus' blood shed for us, so that we can know forgiveness of sin. And when we receive the bread, the cracker, the wafer, representing the body of Christ given for us, that, that took on stripes and, and wounds that were meant for us, so that we can know wholeness for every part of our broken lives, we come and we give thanks. And we remember this as the ultimate expression of God's unconditional, selfless love for me, and for you. Jesus died for us, knowing that there would be many who would receive his love, the gift of his salvation. And he also died for us, knowing there would be those who didn't receive his gift of salvation. But he did it anyway. He willingly laid aside his deity, To take on flesh, to come to earth, become like us, but to do so perfectly without sin. And then again, to become sin for us, paying my debt of sin and your debt of sin. And now the Holy Spirit empowers us to personally live and know the Father's love. Regardless of what we've done, regardless of what we're doing, He, He wants us to know that love, to experience the love. And then also to share that agape love with the world around us. This morning, I want to ask you, have you received the love of the Father, the unconditional love of the Father? Far too many of us see God's invitation to receive His love through the lens of our world and its transactional, conditional kind of uh, veil that we put over the lens we see it through. And God says, no, I I see your brokenness, I see your hurt, I see your pain, I see your struggles, and I invite you to receive my love just as you are. It's not this thing that we clean up our act, we get ourselves together, we get recovered, we go through all these things, and then we come to God. No. It's just like me trying to agape love in my own strength. I cannot do it. I have a track record and, and a, a lot of destructive relationships in my past that prove that point. But I also know that when I do allow the Holy Spirit to come and to fill me and to equip me and empower me to love, that it's I can't explain it. It is beyond me. I do not have the capacity for that. But God gives me the strength. He gives me what I need to love uh, in a way that Jesus loves. And it is the Spirit of God in me, and I need more of him in me. This morning, I want to challenge you. If you're trying to love this agape love, you're trying to do this agape love thing in your own strength, and you're frustrated and you've given up, well, it's probably good that you do that, that we all do that, trying to do it in our own strength. God invites us to, to stop that. And to recognize that I can't love that way and you can't either. But through the Holy Spirit loving through us, filling us, empowering us, we can and we will as we continue to seek his love. He's calling us to live in the love of God. Again, that we do that through simple patterns, through simple rituals of uh, not empty rituals, but heart-connected rituals of prayer. Of, of, of worship, of meditating on God's word and remembering, God, you love me, and this is where you said this. This is your love letter to me, God, and helping me to receive that. I think we also need to understand that while our God does not have capacity, you and I do, don't we? And we didn't talk about it today, and I didn't have time to talk about it, but I want to remind you that in this passage in John chapter 4 is where uh, John writes about perfect love cast out all fear. Perfect love. And one of the things as I was praying this morning, I felt like God just spoke to me that there are many of us in our capacity, we all have capacity, we have limits, that we, maybe over the course of the last two years, or maybe it's been longer than that, maybe it's been more of a lifestyle, We have allowed fear to fill so much of our thought life and our hearts and our minds, our spirit, and fear and God's perfect love can't coexist, but God is inviting us to allow his spirit to remove that fear that would seek to take the place of his perfect love, and he wants to do that this morning.